Well, I said that we believe in prayer, and that's why we're teaching on prayer, but I would ask you one more time, bow your hearts with me and pray. Father God, you are truly our rock and our redeemer. And we gather here this morning in the name of Jesus, and I ask in Jesus' name to make still our hearts, that the meditation of my heart and all the hearts assembled here, the thoughts of my mind would be truly pleasing in your sight. Our rock, our redeemer, our provider. We ask you now, teach us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are in the third week of this series that we've titled Teach Me to Pray, where we're looking at this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples over 2,000 years ago. And they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And you can only imagine that the reason they asked him that was because they saw him praying all the time. And as good disciples, they wanted to do what the teacher did. And so he, they asked him, teach us to pray like we see you pray all the time. And he did, and he gave them this prayer, and it's really an overview of prayer. It's an insight into prayer. It's an insight into this conversation, which we learned in week one of this series, that prayer is really a conversation with our Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus says, to call him our Father, which makes us, our, makes us his children. And he longs to have a conversation with us. And last week we're told that we're to pray at this priority in our prayer, that his kingdom come, that his will be done here on earth, that his mercy soaked and heavenly kingdom would be known here on earth, and that more and more people would come to know his love and his mercy and his grace, and that we have an opportunity to see and bring that kingdom into this world. But this week, as we look at the third petition of our prayer, things shift a little bit. It's in this third petition that Jesus teaches us and informs us to pray for ourselves. Now, I know most of us grew up saying and being taught, you never pray for yourself, right? You can pray for your grandmother who's sick. You can pray for world peace. You can pray for others, but you shouldn't pray for yourself. And if you pray for yourself, you can only pray for yourself if you're on fire or being chased by a bear. Other than that, <laughs> other than that it's selfish to pray for yourself. But, you know, don't listen to that, because that's not what Jesus teaches us. He teaches us in this prayer to pray for ourselves. So read this with me, would you? Give us our daily bread. Jesus teaches you and I to ask the Father for daily bread. And when he speaks about daily bread here, he's speaking about more than just rye or wheat. He's talking about this idea of provision. In ancient Palestine, this idea of bread, idea of daily bread, was understanding the things that God provides the world, that he provides his creation, specifically that he provides his children. This daily provision that he asks us to pray for. He asks us to pray, what is it that you need today to be okay? Pray for that. Pray for what it is that you need today to be okay. Ask God for those things. Ask him. He longs to hear from you. Ask him for those things. And it makes sense, doesn't it? That we would ask God for those things. But on another hand, on another perspective, it, it maybe makes me ask a question. Why? Why would he ask us to pray for these things that 99% of the time he's going to give us anyway? Chances are you're going to wake up tomorrow morning and there's going to be food to eat. 
There's going to be air to breathe. There'll be water that comes out of your faucet or falls out of the sky. Those things will be there whether you pray for them or not. God provides the basic things that we need. And now think about this. One chapter earlier in this conversation, in this Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching his disciples and he says this, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Now listen to this. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So what he's saying is God basically gives basic things to everybody, whether you believe in him or not, whether you pray this prayer or not, God gives basic things to basically everybody. So the question, right, is why does he ask us to pray this prayer? And I would suggest that maybe praying is not just about what we get, but about the person that we're becoming. That it's not just about getting things or just about God giving us things, but maybe it's about the person that he wants us to become. Think about it like this. As parents, as we raise our children, we know there are certain things that we have been given the the responsibility of providing our children. We're, We're told that we need to clothe them and feed them and provide for them and have security in our homes for them. And then when they leave our homes, they're to be fed and smell good and have clothes on. And we know that. But also we know that we need to teach our children that these things don't just grow on trees. That we provide them. And that we have made decisions to provide these things for our children. And that we teach them to say please and thank you. And to ask us and to make requests for things. Not because we won't give them to them unless they ask, but out of fear of who they will become if they never learn to appreciate all that we provide. They become those people that the world calls spoiled brats. And it's the same with God. Our Father in heaven gives us the basic things that we need. And he calls us to pray for our daily bread, not just when we're being chased by a bear or when we have cancer, but for our daily things, to be reminded that he provides these things for us each and every day out of his gracious love for us. And we were reminded just a few moments ago that he is our father. And we are his children, and as his children, he provides what we need. But he's also about teaching us and shaping our hearts. Remind us that he is the one that has provided these things. And so when we pray this prayer that he instructs us to pray, we remember it is God that provides these things, but we also are awakened to this understanding of our deep dependence upon him. That we understand that the air that I breathe and the heart that's beating in my chest, we are dependent upon him for those things. It awakens that 
understanding in me. Because there's this lie in our culture. There's this lie that we buy into. There's this lie that we tell ourselves. And the lie goes like this. I've got this. I'm sufficient. If I work hard enough, I can pretty much get whatever it is I want. I don't really need for anything if I put my mind to it. Don't worry, I've got this. And we celebrate our achievements, don't we? And we downplay our dependence upon God. Our Facebook pages, just look at our Facebook pages and our Instagram posts, and this is what they look like. I've got this. Don't you all agree? Yeah, and, and here we have no need for our dependence upon God. And we buy into that lie and we say, I've got this. You know, and we learn this early on. If you've been around any two- or three-year-old lately, or maybe you remember in your past of being around a two- or three-year-old, there's words that they learn, and you're sitting there going, I don't understand where they learned that from, but they have these words that they, they just sort of come out of them, sort of intuitively. It's like, no, and why, and mine. <laughs> right? And the other phrase they say is, I do it myself. Right? I can do this myself. When our oldest daughter was about that age, we used to make and buy these puzzles for her, and we loved to put them together. And she got to this magical age, about two or three, and she'd say, watch me. Don't do it. Watch me do it. And then she'd step back and she see? And I think that's hysterical, because this year at Christmas, we were at home, and all the family was in, and her second child, Ezra, who's three, is sitting at the kitchen counter and we're coloring together. And as we're coloring together, I'm, I'm coloring and he stops me and he grabs the crayon and he says, I do it myself, Peepaw. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you got this. You still go to the bathroom in your pants, but you're good. <laughs> and think about it from God's perspective, right? we sort of grab the crayon out of his hand and we say, I've got this. We go to college, we move out of our parents' homes, we get a job, we start buying things, we fall in love, we get married, we accumulate things, and we look around and we fall for the lie that says, I'm in control. That all this is because of what I've done, the hard work that I've done. All this is mine. I've got this. And so when we pray this prayer, it reminds us that there's another perspective, one of our Heavenly Father. And if we'll just pause for a minute and sort of try to see things from His perspective, we see that the air that I breathe, the heart that beats in my chest, the foundation on which I build this life is built on the foundation that God has provided. This earth so precisely positioned in this universe so that life can exist here, so that you and I can exist here. He provides an opportunity for us in this world to have provisions, to have food, to have clothing, to have shelter. He has provided that for us. And if we'll just pause for a moment and see things from his perspective, we'll see our great need for him and our dependence upon him. And so when we do that and we pause we look around and we see and we marvel and we say just what the psalmist said in Psalm 8. 
When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what are mere mortals that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When we pause for a moment as children of the Heavenly Father, we realize our great need for him and our complete dependence upon his provision. And this prayer, as we pray it, reminds us of that. It reminds us of our deep dependence upon our God, who so richly provides for us. When I was a young boy, I used to go and visit my great-grandparents, both of them born in the late 1800s. And I remember going to their farm in south-central Missouri and, and being there and, and spending time there. And I remember being asked to go into this place that I hated to go. And I don't know, maybe you've been in one of these places. Anybody ever heard of a root cellar? Yeah? You know, and for those of you that don't know, it's this hole in the ground where people put food. And they can put food there, and in the wintertime it doesn't freeze, and in the summertime it doesn't get hot, it doesn't spoil, it can actually stay there for months on end. And they had this root cellar in the ground, and I would be asked to go there. And it was a place that, you know, in like horror movies, you never go, right? Because that's where, they, that's where the axe murderer always is. But you never go in these places, and this one looks like a condominium compared to the one that I was asked to go into. But I went in there, and it was just like full of all these canned goods and these like things that they would can on their own, beets and green beans and peaches. There was just rows of this stuff in there. And it was interesting, and I talked to them about it, and they said, you know, when we grew up as kids, we didn't always have electricity. We didn't always have refrigeration. We had to put our food in root cellars. And there were times in our lives where power would go out, and we didn't know where things would, where things would come from, and we knew there would be times of scarcity, and we had to put things away. And here, you could keep them for months. I asked my mom, I'm like, yeah, but this is 1972. They've got a refrigerator, they have a pantry. Why do they need a root cellar? And why is there still so much stuff down there? My mom said, well, they lived through the Great Depression. They lived through a time where you had nothing. They know what it's like to have nothing. And so they want to always ensure that there's something. It's sort of like they have a little bit of security because of all that that's down there. Right? And there's this mindset, and sometimes for very good reason. This mindset of scarcity, like there's not going to be enough, like we're going to run out. And so what we do in this mindset of scarcity is we hoard things. We sort of like collect things and we want to make sure that things don't run out because if they run out, I'll lose my peace. I won't have peace of mind. I'll be anxious and things won't be good. So I hoard the things that I think I need. Right? And for some of us, maybe it is food. For some of us, maybe it is just simply that. It's just food. But for others, maybe it's knowledge. Maybe for some of you, it's knowledge. You have to be the smartest one in the room. You can't go anywhere because you're afraid somebody's going to ask you a question and you're not going to have an answer for it, so you hoard as much knowledge as you can. Or maybe for others of you, it's relationships. Like, I need to be in love. I need to have a relationship. I need to have somebody else with me because if I don't, if I don't have friends, if I don't have a spouse, if I don't have these things, then who am I? And why am I even here? if I don't have these things. So I hold tightly to these things because I'm afraid that I'm not going to have, 
that I'm not going to get. What are these things in your life that you're hoarding, that you're holding on to out of fear that there won't be enough? You know, one of those things for me, and there's a list of things for me, but one of the things I want to share with you this morning, I have to warn you, is kind of weird. So, and it's kind of vulnerable for me to share with you, but I, I feel like it's a good example, and it's this idea of personal hygiene. And this is a picture of my drawer in my side of the vanity in our bedroom, in our bathroom. And the fact that I see this picture and there's only 11 bars of soap kind of makes me anxious. <laughs> Quite honestly, it does. And I think I need to run out to Sam's, and then I realize Sam's is closed. <laughs> and we need to go get a Costco membership. But the fear is in me that I'm going to wake up one morning and there's not going to be soap, there's not going to be a deodorant, and I'm not going to go into the things I share with my therapist about why this is. <laughs> but it's because I'm afraid for some reason and I'm not trusting in God's provision that there's going to be soap in my drawer tomorrow or that I couldn't go get soap tomorrow if I needed it. And so when I pray this prayer, when I pray this prayer, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. I'm reminded of the abundance under which I live. The abundance of things that God has already provided, the dependence I have upon him, that I don't need to take upon that task of worry because God has got this. But I'm also reminded that not only does he long to provide for me my daily needs, the things that I need to live and to move and to be okay. But he has provided me the most gracious of things, and that is the life of his son, Jesus Christ. So that I can truly have abundant life now and forever. He is the most gracious God, the most merciful God, and he looks over us daily longing to give us what we need to be okay, but the thing we needed most of all was his son's sacrifice so that we could experience abundant life now. And he does that graciously and willingly as a good father because he loves us. And this prayer reminds me of that love, of my great dependence upon him. But you know, the ironic thing about this heart of scarcity is that this heart of scarcity that develops inside of us really kind of brings upon the very thing that we're scared of. If you look around the world and you see those where food is scarce, where people are hungry because they don't have food, it's because someone like us is hoarding it. Because we're afraid to let go and to give. And this prayer reminds us, it reminds us of our dependence upon God and his provision for us. That he didn't even spare his own son. That he went to, to great lengths to provide exactly what you and I need. And he calls us each and every day, call upon him. Again, teaching us and reminding us of our dependence upon him and how graciously he provides for us so that we remember all that we have. And when we remember that, he creates in us through the power of the Spirit this heart that is 
free to give from our abundance. Free to give to those that are in need. Free to help those that are in need. Free to take some of our time, the time that he has given us, the time that he has granted us, and share that with others. To use our time for his purposes. We don't have to be afraid about hoarding his time. That our time is in his hands. And when we follow him, when the Spirit starts shaping our heart, and we understand our great dependence, and we live in this life of abundance under the hand of our Heavenly Father, what happens is within us wells up this attitude of gratitude, this feeling of being blessed and understanding all that he provides for us. When I pray this prayer, I'm reminded of whose I am and where my true identity rests. It's in being a child of God. And I sit here and I say, I am blessed. And so as we go back and we look at this idea that maybe as we pray this prayer, it's not just about what we get, but about who God is shaping us to be. And who he's shaping us to be. Not someone just who's successful or well-known or who smells good, but somebody who is thankful. Somebody who is grateful. And so that as we stand on this planet that he has positioned, and we feel the heat of the sun on our face, and the ground underneath our feet, and the smell of the flowers and of food, we can stand there as children of God, knowing that we've been set free from sin and we have been placed here and all of this has been done for us. And we can truly say, I am blessed. I am truly blessed. Jesus is teaching us that this morning. He wants to teach that to us each and every day, to pray this prayer, to give us our daily bread. Not only so that he will provide what we need to be okay, so that we can be reminded of whose we are and that we live in the abundance of God, our Father. And so we say, Lord, teach me to pray that prayer each and every day. I pray that for each of you, for Jesus' sake. Amen.